0: My name is Josh.
1: I'm Jamie.
0: Welcome to How's History With Two Geeks? The podcast we're we talking about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today we'll be talking about everything from, the, from theaters potentially being saved by Congress to our thoughts on Disney Pixar's Soul and One Hundred and One 1984. Um, they just both been released. Mm-hmm.
1: Also, please follow us on all our social media pages. We're on Twitter at convo with two geeks. That's the number two. I'm not spelled all the way out. We're on Facebook and Instagram at conversation with two geeks. Also, if you feel like shooting us an email, um, we're at cobber conversation with two geeks at gmail.com, and we will leave a link to all these in the show notes and we'll have a main we'll have a link to our Anchor homepage that when you click on that, it will bring you to the homepage and we'll have links to all of our social media pages.
0: You can also listen to our back catalog on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts we'll listen to. Jamie, how are you today?
1: I'm doing good. How are you doing?
0: Um I'm okay. I'm a little bit tired. The day that we're recording this is December 26th. Um, So literally the day after Christmas. Yeah. And just, I mean, Christmas was fun and all, but it's just, it was also was tiring. Even though we didn't have anyone this year come over.
1: Yeah. I feel you. Christmas is always busy. I love Christmas, but
0: I also like, it's
1: also exhausting at the same time.
0: Yeah. It's just... Yeah, it's just you're dealing with gifts and stuff, and then you're also mm-hmm. dealing with family,
1: mm-hmm.
0: family and stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel. Yeah. Topic. Now, normally, we don't talk about politics right here, or at least we try to avoid it as much as we can. can. we? So, on to our first topic. So, according to the Hollywood Report, lawmakers have reached a new deal in their new COVID relief package to include theaters. Uh, Congress, which is set to receive a vote on Monday, uh, is set to include $15 billion in grants earmarked for independent movie theaters and live venues for music or, or stage performance performances. Mm-hmm. However, the bill stipulates that any eligible view- venue must see its revenue decline by at least 25% this year, and there are a number of disqualifiers which will limit which movie theater operators or live venues are eligible for grants. For example, the three largest theater chains, AMC, Cinemark, and Regal, will not have access to those funds. statement on Monday, the National Association of Theater Owners, President and CEO John Fitian said, With multiple vaccines beginning to roll out, we see a bright light at the end of a very dark tunnel. There is a very real chance that our business can begin to return to normal in the spring. This bipartisan agreement, shepherd by Senators Schumer, Corny, and Kulbuchar, means that the very that the, the vast majority of small and Mid-sized U.S. movie theaters and their employees will have the resources to make it through the end of that tunnel. We urge it to meet implications. As of right now, the bill is currently going back and forth in the House where the Democrats and President Trump of all people are demanding that the stimulus check be raised from $600, from $600 to $2,000. So, yeah, there might be an end of the tunnel in which the, or at least the independent chains can be saved.
1: Yeah, yeah, it looks like, um... This will be qualifying. So if you don't have um one of the big chains like an AMC or a Regal or a Cinemark, um, they're not gonna be eligible because they obviously have a lot of movie theaters around the country. So they're gonna they they're not gonna be able to be counted because 'cause they're a big chain. These are more for independent so if you have like an independent um chain um in your area that you like to go to. That's what this, this is for and it's good because it's nice to have the independent movie theaters because there's some really, probably some really great ones. Um, Mm -hmm. And personally where I'm at, we have um, two movie theaters and both are, I believe are Regal.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So it's not going to, it's not going to do anything for me around here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What about you? What do you think?
0: Um, This is interesting because I figured Something like this, I'm I'm happy that you know at least the independent chains are getting helped out because you know mm-hmm. um, every every uh, every bit of uh, in, independent whether it's an independent movie movie theaters or live venues for musical or stage performances have been hit badly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I imagine that AMC or Cinemark and Regal will probably find a way to access the funds, but at least as of right now, it's only pertaining to the independent movie chains, which. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I try to support as much as I can. But, yeah, no, yeah. it'll be interesting. Hopefully, this bill can go forward, as I mentioned, towards the end. Um, it's kind of going back and forth in the House, where the Democrats and, you know, Trump, people, are demanding that the stimulus check be raised from $600 to $2,000, which, fucking yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what's crazy, is we're just going to have to wait it out, because they are going back and forth. I remember reading, hearing about this Um is that they're trying to? I think that what they're mainly hooked, like hung up on, is finalizing an amount and everything like that, and just going through everything. Uh-huh. So hopefully it goes through pretty soon and they can come to an agreement and
0: yep. yeah, go through. Yep, yeah. So yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. While uh, on Good Morning America, the Mandalorian series creator Jon Favreau cleared up any confusion with the status of the new Mandalorian spinoffs theory uh show the book about that thing we didn't want to spoil the surprise during the big Kathleen Kennedy announcement of all the shows during um investor day earlier this month so they let me keep this one a secret however it so this is actually separate from the Mandalorian season three but what we didn't say in the in, in that announcement is that the next show coming up what Kath, Kathy described called the next chapter is going to be the book of Boba Fett, and we go into production right after we go into production right after that on the Mandalorian, back with the main character we all know and love, pretty soon, only done. And immediately after, Lucasfilm revealed on Twitter the title art, with descriptions saying the book of Boba Fett, a new original series starring Samira Morrison and Ming-Na and executive produced by John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Rob Rodriguez, who directed, I believe, the sixth episode, uh, season two, episode six,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: is set within timeline of the Mandalorian is coming to Disney Plus December twenty twenty one. So it looks like we're getting the book about Fett, and then next and then December twenty twenty two is Mandalorian season three.
1: Oh, okay. So we're not Oh wow, we're gonna have to wait a long time then. Yep. Okay. Yep. Wow. Um you really think they'll push Mandalorian season three all the way to December twenty twenty
0: two? Either that or they push it to January twenty twenty two. Either way, it's coming out sometime in 2022.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's interesting. So this this is going to be a whole new series, which is good. So we'll still get Mandalorian stuff. Cause I know that's a big thing for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this new show will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what um, Boba Fett is up to after that end credit scene.
0: Yeah, so. I wouldn't also be surprised if we actually, if it goes over like the last five years. Hmm. So I'm I'm very I'm very curious to see how that all that's going to go down and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we at least lead up to the events of Mandalorian season two and where and where we ended up there. So I'm I'm very curious about this and I'm mm-hmm. really excited. But yeah, yeah. Me too. But yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. So we got an update on the Warner Media drama, especially in regards to Dune. All right. And a Q&A for the upcoming movie, The Little Things, with director John Lee Hancock. More on that film later. We're gonna, uh, mm-hmm. Deadline writer Mike Fleming Jr. Jr. provided an update on the Warner Media drama in which Legendary Pictures, producing, um the new Dune movie, might be able to keep their highly anticipated adaptation of Frank Herbert's Dune, which is a be directed by Denise Villeneuve, a theatrical release saying rumors have the solution solution to that breach being being to preserve dune as a traditional theatrical release uh to preserve its uh franchise potential and since the it's october 1st 2021 release date falls within the estimated late spring date of when covid vaccines should reach herd immunity in other Mm -hmm. words in other words it might be able to have a theatrical release because it's so far in the future Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: in addition to dune king richard a biopic about uh serena and venus williams which is at the star Will Smith as Serena Vias' uh, father Richard might become theatrical only as well, saying that Smith's deal ensures a, the- a traditional release. So it looks like these two movies might wind up being theatrical um, or at least might be um, theatrical um, theatrical only. As they also mentioned in the report that Godzilla vs. Kong um, might, uh, they said that while well, they definitely do want Godzilla versus Kong to be part of that, um, and most likely because of the way – because of the, you know, the uh, vaccine and the estimated time of when herd immunity should kick in, mm-hmm. um, it might have to be the um, the simultaneous. Although, which which um, streamer it's going to go to is still up in the air, especially with, you know, uh, Legendary still waiting for an offer from HBO Max.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, hopefully – I agree that Dune, since it is being pushed so far, that makes a lot of sense that they have a plan in place. If everything goes Uh according to plan, they can get it in theaters. If all the vaccines and everything kick in enough Uh where people can go back. Um, And it's interesting that the King Richard movie um, might be a theatrical only because of Will Smith's contract. I find that interesting. Um, because this will be kind of, like, an interesting thing to see, like, a big star kind of, mm-hmm. like, effect, and maybe because of his contracts and how it's released and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I find that interesting.
0: It is. It, it, it is interesting. And also, might just be the fact that, you know, will Smith been in the business for so long that, you know, mm-hmm. his contract has been, like, ironclad, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, hell, we can't get out of this.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You, I wouldn't be surprised if Will Smith has a excellent like I don't know, if it be his like manager or like something like that that gets his contracts all like really well done and like really like no loopholes or anything like that. So
0: Yep. So yeah. Yep. Anyways, speaking of the little things, um the first trailer for that has been released. So starring Academy Award winners Denzel Washington, Rami Malik and Jared Leto, and written and directed by the blank side director John Lee Hancock. The film mm-hmm. synopsis Reads Kern County Deputy Sheriff Joe Deek Deacon, played by Washington, is sent is sent to Los Angeles for what it should have been a quick evidence gathering assignment. Instead, he becomes embroiled in the search for a killer who is terrorizing the city. Leading the hunt is L.A. Sheriff Department Sergeant Jim Baker, played by Malik, impressed with Deak's uh, cop instincts, unofficially engages his help. But as they track the killer, Baxter is unaware that the investigation is driving up echoes of Zeke's past, uncovering disturbing secrets that can threaten more than his case. The film is set to be released on January twenty ninth, twenty twenty one, and is kind of a part of that deal. So, what did you think of the trailer?
1: This trailer was interesting. Um, it looked it looked really well done. Um, the acting, I think, is going to be really good from all of them. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, It definitely, like, I get when you told me it might have a little bit of horror in, like,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: themes to it, but, like, I feel like it's a more suspense, murder mystery kind of thing than just a straight-out horror movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it was definitely interesting. What do you think?
0: So this kind of gave me... um, I don't know if you're familiar with this movie or not, but this... um, It kind of gave me seven vibes, um, from David Fincher mm. seven. Um, oh, okay. that's the first thing I thought of. Um, again, the fact that we have three Academy Award winners in this movie is going to be insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's the first thing I thought It's definitely going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really curious about this one and yeah.
1: Me too. Yeah.
0: Anyways. So moving on to another trailer reaction, although this time for a much lighter thing. Um, mm-hmm. Jamie, I'm curious. Have you ever seen Coming to America?
1: I was thinking about that when I was watching this trailer. I don't think I have. Um, I did really enjoy this trailer um, for Coming to America. I guess it's a sequel. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So um, for those that aren't, uh, aren't familiar with it, um, Coming to America is the sequel to Coming to America, which was directed by John Landis and had Eddie Murphy. Uh, this was back during his heyday um mm-hmm. heyday 50 it follows this guy from africa nature coming to new york um one of the funniest movies i've seen and it's just pure gold and so yeah um anyway starring eddie murphy arsenio hall jermaine fowler uh fowler leslie jones tracy morgan kiki lane uh sharon hadley who uh was in the original film as lisa mcdowd aka um eddie murphy's love interest um with leslie sykes and james Earl jones and written by blackish creator Kenya Barris and the screenwriters from the first movie, David Shipfield and Brian W. Bulasi, uh, with directors going to Dolmite is my name director, Craig Brewer. The film synopsis reads, Set in the lush and royal country of Zamada, uh, newly crowned King Akeen, a- played by Eddie Murphy, and his trusted confidence to me, played by Arsenio Hall, embark on a new hilarious adventure that has them traveling from the from their great African nation to the boroughs of Queens, New York, where it all began. The film was supposed to be released actually this year. But due to the pandemic, Paramount sold the distribution rights to Amazon. As a result, the movie's going to come out in March of, next, March of next year. So, yeah, I'm really, I'm not going to lie. I just cracked up because I, I love the original. And I know that this has been in development for some time. But just seeing Eddie Murphy, especially after last year's Dolomite Is My Name, I think he's back. Mm-hmm.
1: It looks it looked like it has a lot of comedic moments in it, for sure. And it looks pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I really enjoyed the trailer. Like, it started off on a totally... Separate note. Then, then it tra- when it transitioned into the New York stuff. I was like. Uh,
0: anyways, moving on to our next topic. Um, will, will Patty Jenkins come back from Wonder Woman three? In an interview with the New York Times, Wonder Woman 1984 director Patty Jenkins cast out on returning for a third installment, saying, "We'll see what happens. I really don't know. I know that I'd love to do the third one if the circumstances were right and if there were still a theatrical model possible. I don't know. I would if there wasn't. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. So, um. When I read that, I was like, oh, crap.
1: Yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I can't blame her because she's not, you know, after they had to move Wonder Woman to, Wonder Woman 1984 to streaming and theatrical release, um, that she's going to take she, her contract because she signed, I don't remember how big of a contract she signed after the first Wonder Woman, but she did sign a really nice contract with mm-hmm. Warners afterwards. So, you know, she had to renegotiate with all that stuff because of the pandemic and everything like that. So, you know, Mm -hmm. she's not going to make probably the amount that she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And these movies are a lot of work. So, Mm -hmm. you know, she's going to want to be compensated and everything like that. And also, like, we'll talk about Wonder Woman 1984 later, but I don't know if there's, like, room for another one. I don't
0: know. Yeah, well, I
1: don't know where the story would go after this. Well, I don't we'll know talk if you see it the
0: same way. Yeah, we'll, talk, we'll about, talk later. Well, we'll talk about that later because I, I, do, I do want to point something out about that sequel that I don't think yeah. a lot of people kind of realize. So yeah. Anyways, um, so our next topic is uh, the synopsis for Batwoman season two has been released. Um, it reads, um, in season two of Batwoman, when Ryan Wilder played by, J- the ah oh crap,
1: you get that over.
0: Ja- no, no, it's her name. Oh no, God damn no. it. Ja-
1: oh, Javica Leslie. Yeah,
0: ja- Javica. Yes, Javica. Jesus. Played by Javica Leslie. Thank you. Uh also if Javica ever hears hears this podcast, um, I am so sorry.
1: I think I'm pronouncing that right. I hope I am.
0: Uh yeah. Uh full disclaimer, we do not know how to pronounce everything.
1: Yeah, we're very bad at that. We'll work on <laughs> that.
0: Yeah. So try to. Yeah. Anyways, uh, when, uh, when Ryan Wilder, played by Demica Leslie, first discovers Cat Kane's bat suit, she has no idea how drastically her life is about to change. A smart, classy lesbian with a difficult past, Brian sees the suit as her chance to become something uh, to become to finally become powerful and no longer a victim as she survives in the tough streets of the city. When while Ryan goes rogue in the shadows, Gotham grapples with its missing hero, believing Batwoman has fled the city after a public standoff with Commander Jacob Kane, played by Gregory Scott, and the Crows. But Kate Kane's disappearance has since the at home, where Jacob, Sophie, played by Megan Tandy, Luke, played by Kamenus Kimmer- Johnson, Mary, played by Nicole Kane, and even Alice, played by Rachel Scar... Scar... Scarston. Um, each struggle with devastating news in their own way. Meanwhile, the False Face Society tightens grip on Gotham. Uh, this should be a new, a perilous new drug known as Snakebite. Bruce Wayne, played by Warren Christie, finds his way home to wreak havoc. Um, uh, Stefania, played by Savani Gahai, uh, surfaces with plans for revenge and a new set of villains descends on the city. It's not long before Ryan realizes how much the symbol on the suit means to Gotham, launching her on a personal journey that takes her from Sludgy Substitute to confident Kate Crusader to living in, from living in her own van with her plant to chasing villains in the Batmobile. Ryan Wilder becomes a very different Batwoman than Kate Kane, her own Batwoman, but with the same understanding of what it means to be a hero. Batwoman Season 2 is set to air on January seventeenth, twenty 2021 on The CW.
1: Mm. Okay. First thing first, I'm glad that they're not completely ignoring Kate disappearing, and and it sounds like they're going to have some story about that, because the whole first season was Kate and her connections to everybody around her, like, Mm -hmm. so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Um, I don't know how I feel about Ryan yet. I want to like her. She sounds cool, but I also just don't know, Mm. Um, and... Yeah, I need to, man, I kind of remember, like, what happened. Who knows who Kate is at the end of the first season? Because I'm trying to remember if her dad knew. Because um, I can't remember. Um, but, yeah. Um, Sounds like it's going to be kind of a different ca- leading character, which is interesting.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, but, yeah, the Batmobile looks cool. Like, I've seen some of the set photos for the Batmobile. The Batmobile looks sick Mm.
2: Um,
1: and stuff, so I'm excited. I totally forgot that we had um, a Bruce Wayne, like, finger, like, hypothetical. He's not, he looks like Bruce Wayne. He's not Bruce Wayne.
0: I think he's Clayface, if I'm not mistaken. I have to double check on this.
1: He's not, I don't think he's Clayface. I think he, he has face swapped, but he's not like
0: Clay, Clayface, as far as I can remember. Is it Scarecrow then? Because I'm trying to figure out which Batman Scarecrow
1: name. is, Scarecrow is in the second season. Um, I remember hearing that, about that. But, um, it's from the first season. Like, so, basically. Oh, and,
0: and I know who it is. I, I looked, I looked it up real quick, and it's Hush. That's what
1: it is, it's yeah. Thomas Thomas, Thomas
0: Elliot. Um,
1: mm-hmm. I forgot. Uh, there's a lot I don't remember about the show, but um, for the first season, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, it's just going to be interesting to see. Um, okay. I think it's the first CW show to come back, so that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited for that. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Do
1: you have any thoughts, or are you good?
0: Um, I'm I'm good. I again, I haven't seen much of that woman yet. Um, I probably will get to it sometime in the future. I just have, it's just I I haven't really caught up with that much, so yeah. Yeah, I know. I feel. Yeah. Anyways, um, next topic. So I know you're not in the horror, but mm-hmm. David um, David Gordon Green, who directed uh, Halloween 2018, is set to direct an Exorcist sequel. According to an exclusive from the publication The Observer, Blumhouse Production and More Concrete are developing a sequel to The Exorcist, while Halloween 2018 director. David Gordon Green in Tuxedo Direct. It is not clear yet whether this will be his first editorial effort following the delayed, uh, sequel Halloween Kills, which is set for October 21. For those that don't remember, uh, the original three like, movie, which was directed by William Freakin, starred Elizabeth Burstein and Maxwell Stout and followed the demonic position of a 12 year old girl. Um, probably one of the scariest movies, probably one of the scariest horror movies of all time. Um, Thanks. if this is, if this is true and if this is, um, official and if Gordon, and Green does up coming to direct I actually think that this would be really cool I really liked what he did with um Halloween 2018 and I'm very curious to see how he progresses with um, Halloween kills so I'm, I'm all I'm all for that I'm just very curious to see when this is going to take place Place. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they pull off a, Hol- a similar aspect to Halloween 2018 where only the first movie is in canon and then everything else after that is not in canon. And it mm. would be interesting seeing um, an older version of uh, the 12 year old girl whose name I am trying to um, remember. Say- remember because um that was a just um what was her name again um yeah oh reagan yeah so in the movie uh toby of gold um aka ellen bernstein's um daughter is named reagan i'm very curious uh, i i here's the thing i wouldn't mind seeing an older reagan but the one difference is that they tried doing that in like 1980 with the um with The Exorcist 2 directed by John Borman, and it was such a bad movie that the executives like were like um, when they were like you know trying to when they were like um, kind of masquerading with the public and trying to go to a public screening, uh, they were uh, the public discovered who they were and were like kicked and were like chased out of the theater.
1: Dang, that sucks.
0: Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, so I'm very, but yeah, no, I'm very curious to see how, if this is official or not. And because again, I, I don't, I think I've only seen like one other outlet report on this. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that this is official and not that. And I think they're just waiting. I think the other outlets are just waiting for an official release, but
1: yeah, mm-hmm.
0: no, I'm, I'm really curious about this one, especially having seen The Exorcist this year, which I, I have to say is probably one of the most curious movies I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. even four years, even like 40, I just realized, I think the movie's almost 50.
1: That's old? Wow, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, the movie's really scary and stuff. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. moving on to our next topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got new character descriptions for If You're a Max Green Lantern, according to Luminarity. Character descriptions for what appears to be the modern-day Green Lantern, Cyan Bass, and Jessica Cruz have been released. And if the description reads, uh, Jessica Cruz, protecting the galaxy is hard enough. It's even tough when you're a person who's uncomfortable with leaving the apartment uh life forced jessica to become self-reliant at a young age she's worked her way through school while taking care of her younger sister she's bright determined looking at her you never know the struggle going on inside jessica lives with sometimes crippling anxiety disorders she's been fighting fear longer than any of her, our other lanterns simon bass for as long as he can remember simon loved the green lantern using his innate charm and gift the gap he worked in detroit as a vendor However, business has been going good lately. In the wake of 9-11, America has zero trust of young Middle Eastern men. Created by Jeff Johnson in 2014, Jessica Drews made her first appearance in the comics and a cameo appearance in Greenland Turn 20 uh, with her first uh, first official appearance in Justice League Volume 2, Issue 31, with Simon Bass, also created by Johns, debuting in May of 2012. Both of these characters were created during the company-wide relaunch of u 52 in 2011. So, yeah, we might be getting Simon Bass and Jessica Drews in this show.
1: That sounds cool. Um, I like both of the character descriptions. Um, yeah, I, I I kind of like what I'm hearing from the Green Lantern uh, descriptions for the show. So mm-hmm. I definitely will be wanting to check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I kind more... of like how they're going to have the different timelines. I find that very interesting storytelling mm-hmm. wise.
0: Yeah, that that's the most interesting part of me about this project is that we're getting like three different timelines. And we're mm-hmm. dealing with three different answers, which I think makes potential, really great potential storytelling possibilities. So, yeah, no, I'm all in for this.
1: For sure. Yeah, it should be very interesting. Yeah.
0: Anyways, moving on to our next topic. We, um, we got, uh, according to the minority, uh, Knuckles is set to appear in the sequel to 2020 Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, for those unfamiliar with the character, Knuckles or Knuckles the Incindia, uh debuted in Sonic Hedgehog 3 in 1994 as a rival for Sonic and his Tails. He would later become an ally of Sonic. According to the Illuminati sources, Knuckles is said to have a supporting role in the film alongside Tails, who, um, and this is kind of a spoiler alert if you have not seen the movie, um, was introduced in the post-credits scene of the film. In addition, his personality has been described as serious in nature, but global at times, which is how it is in the game. Uh, the production is currently casting an actor to voice him. Jamie, what do you think? I think
1: this is pretty cool. Um, it makes sense. I mean... I've played a few Sonic games, and it's always been Sonic, Knuckles, and Tails. Like, they're like a little trio um, mm-hmm. in the games. So, it makes sense that they're introducing them, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it sh- should be fun. I mean, I haven't seen the Sonic movie, so I don't have a lot of thoughts on it from that aspect.
0: Wait, you haven't seen the um, Sonic movie yet?
1: No, I'm scared to see it. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's actually good. It's actually good. I I will... As someone that actually has rewatched it during the Christmas vacation and mm-hmm. literally like two days, a- which frankly is two days ago, but it's actually a good movie. Okay, okay. I'll like, okay. I, I, I check it out. I, I, can, I, I can vouch for this and I didn't expect it to be as good as it was, especially considering it is another live action hybrid. Yeah. Uh, animation hybrid, but it's actually... And
1: that's good. why, that always scares me. Those live action hybrid movies always like make me nervous watching them. Yeah. So, but I'll definitely try to check it out for sure.
0: Yeah, it, I, I I give it a solid recommendation.
2: So,
0: okay. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Anyways, moving on to our next topic. We got uh, we got, uh, Warner Brothers has set the release dates for um, three of its big event movies with the studio intentions for these to go directly to the big screen, so not with the April Max deal or what have you. Uh, the three films are The Mad Max Freakle Furiosa, which is set to star Anya Taylor-Joy in the Tisha and have uh, Mad Max Fury World Director Jordan Miller returning June 23rd, 2023. Coyote versus Acme, which will follow the Looney Tunes character uh, Wiley E. Coyote and his rivalry with the Roadrunner and be written by Guardians of the Galaxy director, uh, director James Gunn, the Umbrella Academy creator, and, show, and Moon Knight showrunner Jeremy Slate. And It's always Sunny in Philadelphia writers John and uh, Josh Silberman and Sammy Birch with director duties going to Earth the Echo director David Green, or rather Dave Green, and a musical adaptation of The Color Purple, which is set to be based off um, Alice Walker's original book. The 1985 film directed by Steve Spielberg, who's also going to be a producer on this, and the stage musical, and will be directed by Black as King, uh, director of Bits Boswell. With writing duties going to Showtime's The Chi writer Marcus Gardley. So yeah,
1: yeah, I mean glad that they're making. Um trying to commit to release dates for their big films, um and stuff. Um the Mad Max prequel sounds cool. Um I oh man, I haven't seen the color uh, the color purple in a long time. Um so that's pretty cool uh-huh. that they're going to um see it to redo it, I guess. Yeah.
0: Um Yeah, but as yeah. a musical, which is gonna be interesting if you've read the book.
1: Well there well. is a Broadway show, so called okay. the color purple so i think they'll probably look at that format and kind of uh, be able to make it work um uh, if they do if since they are doing that i wonder if they could get i'd have to look up her name but one of the girls who starred in in the broadway production of that has an amazing voice like healer voice um and like i watched her tony performance uh like like the year that hamilton won everything uh-huh. she was the only one who won her nomination for the other show she was that good uh-huh. so um uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. definitely definitely go check it out like if you type in the color purple um tony nomination like 2017 i think 2017 or 2018 she should pop up
0: uh-huh. so, i yeah. can't
1: i just can't remember her name i don't want to like mess up her name
0: yeah and then also just com- uh, Coyote versus. I mean, it being written by James. That's funny. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm very curious about that one. That one. Essentially, we're going to be getting a live action movie of Coyote. I feel like Warner Bros. I is, know. Between this and Tom and Jerry, I feel like Warner Bros. Is going through a pattern of verses right
1: now. Maybe. <laughs> like, say what you
0: will about Batman v Superman, and there's a lot to say about that movie. Um, but I feel like it's just like, okay, let's just try to verse everything. Like Godzilla versus Kong, go. Uh, Coyote versus Acme. Go. Um, I got wrong. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out what else can they first. Um, the Flintstones versus the Jetsons.
1: Oh, that would that that would be something. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh,
0: yeah, no, I, I'm all for that. And yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on to our next topic. Um, per the website The Verge, according to Sony Pictures CEO Tony Vescera. Uh, the studio has seen a bit of boom in interest from Hollywood creators who want to work with a studio committed to theatrical release. This comes right after the Warner Media decision to release their entire 2021 theatrical State of theaters and Max simultaneously. Uh, Vicara continues, the real benefit has been the number of incoming calls from talent to us uh, saying, we want to do business with you because we know you're a theatrical distributor and producer. That, that has, that has worked, well, uh, worked very well for us. So, yeah, yeah and um, one example of this that the article kind of mentions is um, their relationship with Quentin Tarantino, because they got the rights to um, distribute uh, multiple time in Hollywood.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: And that went straight to theatrical, so yeah, that seems like Sony, uh, seems like Sony might be getting a bit of boom during all this.
1: Yeah, sounds like it. Oh, man, Warner Brothers, I really hope you know what you're doing, because it seems like every, it's everybody now versus Warners, it feels like
0: to me. It's like so. it's, it's like everyone v. Warners.
1: It really feels that way. It's going to be interesting, uh, but good for Sony that they're getting positive business from this because of their commitment to theatrical releases, so... Yeah. Anyways,
0: moving on to our recommendations, or rather, the moment y'all been waiting for, our thoughts on both Wonder Woman 1984
1: and Soul. What are we starting with? Wonder Woman? Yep. All right. Do you want to go first? Oh, first. Spoiler, Spoiler warning <laughs> for
0: both films. For both films. We will yeah. be going to spoilers for both films. If
1: you haven't seen either of these films, click off now, go watch them, then come back and listen. Yes. But yeah, we're going to go full spoilers. It's just easier to talk to about both of these, and yeah.
0: Yeah, so yeah. Anyways, so Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I, for the most part, I like this one, mm-hmm. but I will say I do personally prefer the first one. I did feel mm-hmm. um one of its downsides, it did kind of drag a bit, um, especially I with it, with that. as being a two-and-a-half-hour movie, Jesus Christ.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I and also, um, also just side note, don't watch movies at like, like close to midnight, like close to like three a.m. Because I wasn't, mm-hmm.
2: like,
0: cause I I remember I think I put the movie on like either at twelve or one a.m. And I figured, okay, this is gonna take at least an hour, or at least two hours. I wasn't until about like three thirty.
1: Yeah, it was a long movie. It had a runtime of like two and a half hours. I do agree that it did drag a bit. I felt like. For me, I didn't feel it in the middle. Well, I did a little bit in the middle, but I kind of felt it at the beginning.
2: Yeah. Like, I felt I,
1: like, I felt like they had an idea, and I feel like, I think my main problem is the crest of this movie relied heavily on that stone, that wishing stone, uh-huh. and I couldn't buy into that for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. um, I felt like it wasn't like, well, I don't know, like, I felt like I couldn't, like it didn't seem like it was legit. Because when we saw the trailers and we saw that, um Steve was coming back
2: mm-hmm. I was
1: like, Oh, he comes back because she literally finds a magical rock and wishes him to come back. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm like, Oh, okay, that's how this is going? I was like I thought it was gonna be a lot more complicated. Um and stuff. And this is no not like the acting was really good. I thought mm-hmm. all the actors did a good job. Oh yeah. But I yeah. felt like the writing was not good. Uh, uh, uh on so par with the first one.
0: I'll say I it think, like that. I think the first one. And also, I do want to mention something. You, we kind of mentioned this earlier. This is a bit more of a standalone sequel. Like it. Yes. Like it's a bit more standalone-ish than like the previous movie, but. I I think the way that this kinda of worked for me is that it kinda of added to the themes of the movie or at least to the fact that of Diana embracing, you know, being a hero and stuff, but also, you know, as Peter part as, you know, the great motto says, With great power comes great responsibility and sometimes
1: I did appreciate that part. I, I did appreciate that she kinda of goes through and kind of accepts that she has to let him go that way she can still be a hero it could still be do the greater good that she needs to do i appreciate that i just like cannot buy into this stone thing like at all like Mm. it was a problem for me because i kept thinking it was kind of not it it didn't feel big enough i felt like it needed to be bigger i don't know if that makes sense to you i
0: i i see that but at the same time though it i I see where you're coming from with this. Like, the-
1: I, I don't know how to explain it, but I felt like when I saw the trailer and saw, I felt like it was going to be a lot more complicated or a lot more something how Steve got, came back and stuff and like how everything was going. Um, But it really felt like it was just like a chase for this rock, this wishing rock or stone or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I just couldn't... I don't know. It
0: was just Yeah. I I don't know. I think for me, because of how it applies to the themes of the movie, it kind of worked. But I see where mm-hmm. you're coming from. Um, also, speaking of the themes, um, I was surprised... Um, one thing I was kind of actually surprised about, and this is actually something that was kind of pointed out when I saw a review from the movie, is and this was kind of more of a request on my end, I was kind of surprised of how much because the movie's done in 1984, and you think, we're gonna hear music from 1984, we're going to hear music in 1984, we're going to get pop culture references. So, surprisingly enough, Patty decides to tone that down. Like, she was Yeah, very- there
1: really wasn't... You had that one thing at the beginning, that little montage of everybody,
0: mm-hmm.
1: of all the people getting ready, and, like, a little bit of the outfits, and the outside, and, like, a little glimpse of the mall and stuff, but there really wasn't... Um, as much like with season three of stranger things, yeah. it was like right in your face. Really cool. But this it's still like you still had the mall and like that was and like you had Steve's outfit montage thing mm-hmm. where he was changing into different outfits mm-hmm. um and stuff like that. But that was really like there wasn't really any pop there's like a couple of pop culture references, but not really a lot. Yeah.
0: You you think um, yeah, you so. I think if this was in the hands of another filmmaker, we would have had, like, another Stranger Things 3 situation, where it mm-hmm. would have been indulgent, but surprisingly enough, Pinkus decides decided to, uh, to restrain that, and I do wonder if it's because of how over saturized the 80s have become in popular culture.
1: I mean, that's definitely possibilities, because like, it really has sort of become, like, a really big thing for people to do um, mm-hmm. for film and TV.
2: Yeah,
1: Like, a lot of filmmakers now really like to go to that era, because it's been really 'Cause Stranger Things really like did it really well. Mm-hmm. Kind of.
0: Yeah, so. it kinda kicked up in the door. Even though I would personally say, and this is my own opinion, um, you, you remember JJ J. Abrams Super 8, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. I oh my gosh, I haven't seen that in forever. Yes, I remember that.
0: That was Stranger Things before Stranger Things became popular. And that came out like a full blown. You're
1: not wrong. And I haven't seen that movie in a hot second, but I do remember that. Yeah. That, it is that movie very came popular. out
0: movie a full blown five years before strangest thing so if y'all want to again you're not
1: wrong at all not that yeah, you say that
0: yeah no i just i i just want to i just i find that funny but then also i feel like so the real person for kicking open the door for the 80s um to be over uh to be used in a lot of popular culture it actually goes back to J.J. abrams
1: yeah you're yeah yeah that's true
0: yeah anyways uh, yeah also another thing another thing i do actually like is um Again, we kind of mentioned this earlier, but the performances I really liked, um, Pedro Pascal and Christian Wig, um, as were great. I thought as McElroy and Cheetah, um, yes. which, especially having seen Pedro in Mandalorian, kind of took me a second to kind of readjust. Also, and also, and you know, given the. Also, I did not expect for him to have a kid.
1: Yeah. I, didn't, I Oh, my gosh. I, but literally, me, I was watching it with my sister last night. And once I told her who it was, I told her, that's Mando. She's like, oh, really?
2: <laughs> and she
1: goes, I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, that's why I recognize his voice. I'm like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> and so she's like, and so like when he was with the kid, we'd all be like, I'd just, like shake my head. I'm like, Groku. It's all I could think about is Mandalorian. <laughs> with the kid a little bit.
0: It, yeah, I know. I thought that was interesting. And one thing I actually do like is um, the way that Diana defeats her, especially appealing through their humanity, or at mm-hmm. least in the case of Maxwell. Maxwell yeah Ward, going through his, his humanity, which is something we don't really see in a lot of superhero movies. Is that, That's true. It's the characters trying to appeal, the heroes trying to appeal to the villains through their humanity. In fact, we kind of saw it throughout the movie. Like Whenever yes. Diana takes down a person, like, she does so, like, very swiftly and just, like, you know, without, like, you know, causing too much damage and stuff, but also, like, saving people, which, by the way, and this is kind of a side note, Patty this needs to direct a a Superman movie.
1: Oh, she would do such a good job. She really would.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: oh, my gosh, she would do such a good job because, like, Mm -hmm. those moments of Diana in the sky and flying and stuff, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. I kept feeling, like, it was almost, like, a Kryptonian kind of-esque, like, Mm-hmm. Flying scene, like montage of her
0: in the air. Yeah, yeah. I feel this movie also, and we had some of this in actually the original, but this movie definitely gives up more of the Superman seventy eight vibe.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You yeah, know, to the original Superman yeah. movie from, uh, from Richard Yeah. Donner. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I definitely felt that. Also, I did like the action sequences, especially the opening. Um mm-hmm. Which, oh, by the way, yeah. for this and Soul, God, mm-hmm. I really wish I tell you I saw both these movies in IMAX.
1: That opening scene. And IMAX would have been so cool because it was such a interesting and really cool scene of all like the training and stuff or whatever or the competition that they were doing mm-hmm. that had such a cool vibe and like I said these movies deserve to be in theaters but the freaking COVID yeah made it very difficult so
0: yeah and also, although I will say this one thing um, this kind of bugs me I didn't like the fact that the opening credits were superimposed on that. During mm-hmm. all that, like, I kind of wish we just, we just got the sequels with no, like, opening credits.
1: Yeah, I could understand that, yeah.
0: Because I just, I don't know, I really dug it. And then also just, like, the, um the aspect ratio kind of shift into a letterbox format.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, for most of the movie. And so, yeah, I, again, oh, God. if you're able to see this in IMAX, I would actually strongly encourage, well, if you're in a state where theaters are open... And you socially distance and you wear masks, obviously. Um, yeah. Maybe encourage you to go see an IMAX. I don't know. Again, it's under your discretion. You make mm-hmm. the final decision. But I just, I don't know. I watched it on my flat screen TV. And it was fine on my flat screen TV. But I really actually wish I saw it on a bigger screen.
1: Yeah. It, the the action scenes, I think, would have been really cool on the big screen.
0: Yeah. Also, I really actually like Han Zimmer's score. I've only been able to listen to a little bit on on um on the side although i will mm-hmm. say there is one moment and i don't know i don't know if this was temp music because um for those that don't know what temp music is it's temporary music to kind of put in the movie in case like um as you know it's being composed and stuff
2: mm-hmm. there's
0: one moment where they kind of where zimmer kind of rips off john murphy's um sunshine um theme. which mm. at the end of the movie there's like this like whole um at the end of like um the 2007 Danny Boyle movie Sunshine have you seen that one Mm-mm. okay um there's kind of like this um it was you later used in other movies like a, for example I think Kick-Ass used it but um okay. it's like a dun,
1: dun. <speaking in> oh
0: okay yeah it was used in this and I'm like okay did we just rip off John Murphy because mm-hmm. I didn't see him credited or anything. And I don't know if that was intentional or not. I just, I don't know. That Maybe was,
1: it was an accident.
0: I yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I'm very also curious to see what they do with the third movie, which, again, as I mentioned before, these movies, it seems like these movies are very standalone.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But now that we're kind of in a, we're in a weird place, especially when this movie was supposed to come out, versus where mm-hmm. we are now, where yeah. we're kind of in a... I guess a multiverse world. I guess I don't know. I do you feel like especially if they do with their movies, they should try to push it back into continuity, and have it be more. I kind
1: of feel. Hmm, that's interesting that you bring that up because I okay, I'm gonna bring an example into the Arrowverse because it is DC. Mm-hmm. I feel like why people like the Arrowverse is because they're all connected,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: you you could feel that kind of expansiveness uh-huh. in each of the shows. Uh-huh. And I feel like that is one of DC's biggest strengths, is that multiverse, is that connectiveness. Uh-huh. Um, that's why we like Marvel. It's uh-huh. like they're connected. Even though they have standalone movies, you still feel that. Uh-huh. And I think maybe that is what that movie was missing for uh-huh. me, as I didn't feel um, a connectiveness to uh-huh. anything else, a, a build-up to something. Uh-huh. Um I guess maybe, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe they should, mm-hmm. but I, I could totally understand that they're waiting to like kind of flesh out more stuff and what happens with um, Aquaman 2 and all that kind of stuff and, and what they decide to do if, and, if they do another Superman and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I definitely do. I definitely do theorize it's probably going to be set in the modern day. Like she's definitely mm-hmm. going to be in the out of the shadow. Also, if I know anything. But, so you're but gonna... yeah, no. I'm just I'm very curious to see what they're gonna do with the me. Also, I dig dig I I dig that cameo at the I. Okay, I both dig it, but yet I also I was a little bit underwhelmed.
1: Was that mid credit scene supposed to mean anything, or was it just for fun? Because i what
0: she is. I wouldn't be surprised if it was just for fun. With... Actually,
1: like I feel like it was the, like I watched it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. They got Linda Carter. Like that's mm-hmm. awesome. But also, like, what does this mean, though? Like, does this mean something that we need to know? Or is it just, like, for them just to have fun and to bring her in because she, like, to pay homage to Linda?
0: Yeah. Like, I was
1: just, like, trying. But I, like, I didn't know.
0: Like, I'm also wondering if they're going to try... Because I read one theory where they might... Because um, she where... doesn't
1: age, right? Wonder Woman doesn't age like Kryptonians, they... Age early?
0: I, I I think Amazon's don't age as long as I as far as I know, according to my mm-hmm. lore, according to the lore I know. But um
1: okay. that's what I, I
0: thought. I wouldn't be surprised, and this is and I uh, I read one theory that they might try to connect the original show to the to the, con- the, to the movies to the, to the movies.
1: That's interesting. I don't know how I feel about that, but yeah. that is. I respect it because I I respect them trying to pay homage to Linda. Mm -hmm. I always like that when they, when DC tries to do that. But I don't, like, I don't know. Because I don't know enough about the TV show um, and stuff. And I also, like, would they be able to come up with a good enough idea for them to be able to do that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm very curious. And, yeah, I know. It's just. I don't know. It just all depends on what they what they want to do for a third movie. So Yeah, if yeah. they do a third movie. If they do. Well, exactly. Well, I was going to say, they they probably have it in their contract to do a third movie, but then also, we just read that report. Yeah. With Jenkins, but then also, as far as I know, there is an Amazon spinoff in development, so.
1: Yeah.
0: Which yeah. I think Patty is developing with Jeff Johnson, but I don't think she's going to direct. So, oh, okay. But then again everything because this whole Warner Media situation has kind of changed everything. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, no. Overall, uh for me, while I do prefer the first movie, I do think Wonder Woman 1984 is a good movie and I do recommend checking it out. If you can see it at a theater, I highly recommend seeing it at a theater or at least like, you know well at least looking into seeing it at a theater and or if you're comfortable seeing it in a theater. Um but if you're not, it's on HMX. You can watch it. You can watch it with mm-hmm. your popcorn and stuff. Although again, I do recommend a big screen because oh my God, there's some shots in this movie just.
1: Wha, yeah.
0: Wha, wha. But yeah. Yeah,
1: it was well shot and everything like that. Um, I I did enjoy it. Um, a lot. I still prefer the first one. Um, but mm-hmm. I do I do think it'd be good. I think the action shots would definitely um, hit more if you see it on a big screen because they were definitely filmed and with that in mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. For sure. Um, and yeah, definitely check it out. If you if it's safe and you can socially distance and go to the theater um, and you feel comfortable going, I'd recommend going, trying to go to the theater if you can.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: if not, like Josh said, it's on HBO Max. You'll be at home. You'll be comfortable. Watch it on your TV uh, mm-hmm. and just enjoy. You know?
0: Yep. yep. Anyway, yeah. on to our next movie. Um mm-hmm. soul, which I'm a, I'm not gonna lie, hands down, I think this is my favorite movie of the year, if not in my top five. Um I it love, was
1: really good.
0: Yeah, I uh, the entire cast I thought was great with um Jimmy mm-hmm. Fox's show and Team of twenty two. Um provide some amazing chemistry between each other. In addition, Rachel Howes was hilarious as the main antagonist Terry, as well as Richard Away and elect uh, uh, uh yeah, Alice Braga as Councilman Jerry. This movie is also mm-hmm. one step away from me a Taika Waititi movie, especially given that Iyote and how to both worked with Taika in the past.
1: Oh, that's funny.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, no. Um, also, I does the film's uh, themes about passion, but also enjoying life as, um, you know, just enjoying life. And it's just, I'm not going to lie, there were moments where I cried, but then again, also this is a Pixar movie, so
1: yeah I mean if you go into if you start a Pixar movie, just they they're really good at getting those emotions like hitting those beats that you that they want um I enjoyed those themes too I think that that's actually something uh, that not a lot of films talk about is like finding that balance between yes, be passionate, enjoy what you love to do it, doing, but also like don't let it like enjoy your life
2: mm-hmm. too
1: like find that balance. Mm-hmm. too i think it, i think it's really good
0: yeah there's you know? also there's also a theme about purpose but purpose within that passion and that's something mm-hmm. i really like that the movie kind of dealt with um mm-hmm. also this movie is not a normal pixar movie and i kind of like that like it was much more like heavier on the drama like don't get me wrong there were still comedic moments but it's definitely mm-hmm. more about the themes and the characters and i really dug that
1: me too i i really like this movie a lot um mm-hmm. that it was really well done um i liked the way it looked i liked the concept Mm -hmm. and everything and yeah i really enjoyed it too yeah also
0: really good the animation which was spectacular as always from pixar Mm -hmm. again i really wish i could have seen this in imax
1: oh it would have been so pretty in imax it would have looked so
0: good yeah again happy that i saw it on a flat screen tv as opposed to like something like my phone but Mm -hmm. i i don't know i just dug this yeah, no, I, just, I really wish. And then also, um I really like the score from Nice Nails frontman um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I really like how they kind of blended Chaz and Ethereal and Connect music throughout. And it's just, uh, yeah, I, uh, God, this movie, yeah.
1: It was really good.
0: Yeah, overall.
1: Really a lot. Yeah.
0: Overall, this movie just, I think it's just what the sideline takes from beginning to end. It's definitely one of the best movies of 2020. and... I highly recommend checking it out. It's on Disney Plus. Mhm. Yeah. So. It's
1: not even. It's not even on that all access thing yes. that they have for rental. It's for, so if you have a Disney Plus account, you don't have to pay any extra money to go see it. It's there. Mm-hmm. Um, enjoy it. It's a great Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they know what they're doing at Pixar, and mm-hmm. so yeah, I it's really good. Yeah.
0: Well, anyways, that about does it for our episode for this week. Um if you like mm.
1: Yes guys. Um we're on all of we're on social media, so we're on Twitter at combo with two geeks. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you feel like shooting us an email by anything we said in this episode or previous episodes, please email us back at ConversationWithTwoGeeks two geeks at gmail dot com and we will leave a link to our anchor homepage that has all of these linked
0: All right. Have a lovely uh, weekend. Have a lovely um, holiday season. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.
1: See you next time, guys. Bye.